Welcome to the House of God podcast presented by the Collective Choir on Eau Claire Hometown Media. We'll share sermons to help you get to know a different Chippewa Valley church each week and to keep you up to date with the Collective Choir. I'm Shane Spencer, and here's your host, Zachariah Putney. Hello. This is the House of God podcast by the Collective Choir. I'm Zachariah Putney. Oh man, episode 19. Been doing this a little bit now. This week, it's Valley Vineyard Church, Pastor Michael Howell. Valley Vineyard Church is up on the west hill of Chippewa Falls, very near my house. I won't tell you where I live, though. You can find them online at cfvalleyvineyard.org, or you can find them at 910 Bridgewater Avenue in Chippewa Falls. They do a lot in the community They do big free picnics in the park and lots of food and worship music for everybody in the community, backpack giveaways in the fall, lots of cool stuff I see them doing. I get to watch it all from a few blocks away, and I got some family that goes there that really enjoys it, so I'm excited to be sharing them with you today. This is their Easter sermon on resurrection and transformation. Once again, Valley Vineyard, Pastor Michael Howell. Enjoy the sermon. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was just a gardener, because obviously she thought Jesus was dead, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, I'm going to not say this right, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. 
Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard Church. I'm Michael. I'm the pastor here. Glad you could join us on this Resurrection Sunday Easter morning. Um, before we begin, a quick reminder. We are starting a new series next week called The Seven Key Words to Change Your Life and Faith. There are seven key words that we can learn and work from. So take some time to join us over the next uh, seven weeks, seven words, seven weeks, to walk through that journey of faith. Also, as Trisha mentioned, we do have baptisms. And by the way, if you haven't signed up, you can jump in the water. We have tons of towels. We have clothes for you. Take a leap. Take an opportunity if the Lord so directs you to. So as we celebrate Easter, I was thinking back to the past ones of my, my children when they were little. They're now getting older, quite a bit older. They're in their 20s. And I was looking back through photo albums, which I like to do, and I found this picture of Sarah, hopefully we'll put it up on the screen here, of, uh, with her with a Care Bear. Well, or leave it up there a second. So when I, before I had kids, I never understood the value of stuffed animals. I thought it was an utter waste of money to spend anything as such as foolish as something like this, especially multiple ones like that as well. In fact, the interesting part about it is this. I was so against it that I remember telling Trish, no way will we ever, get this, buy this type of junk for our children. And then my daughter Sarah was born. And I had a change of perspective, shall we say. New birth changed my brain and my mindset. And not only did we buy a Care Bear of this size, here's your confession as a pastor. This is the most embarrassing thing I'm going to confess from the pulpit in a long time. When she went to kindergarten, they have a 100-day celebration. You're supposed to bring 100 items to kindergarten. Guess what she could bring to kindergarten because she had 100 of them? Care bears. That's your confession for the day. Um, but it did. It changed my perspective. It's amazing how your perspective and your view of life can change when you experience new birth. You know, as we celebrate one of the most monumental times in history, Jesus rising to new life, a new life in him, it leads us to look at our perspective of him and our life as well. Maybe you're in need of a new perspective today. Maybe you're in need of a new start in life today. See, something changed in our world on that morning when Jesus rose. It leads us to a choice and down a path of what I call transformation. A before picture without Jesus and an after picture with Jesus. See, Easter is a time when the church comes together to celebrate this pivotal event of our faith, this resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The tomb was empty on that first Easter morning. And God has placed in our hearts a desire to know the transforming power that raised Jesus to head, healing us, conforming us to Christ himself. Here's what I mean by that, folks. Quite often in our lives, we, th we have things that are missing. We fill it with other things. 
It might be things that are unhealthy for us. It might be food. It might be whatever your favorite addiction is. Mine was food, obviously. I listed a lot. Um, it could be anything. And it never seems to fill the void. It seems to lack. It seems to be missing something. And what Jesus does is we start to follow him as he starts to heal us and inform us of that. And that effect of this transforming power we see in Jesus, we see through John as well. John's the apostle and read the gospel, which Sierra just read. And he shares his resurrec resurrection experience and transformation. And that's where we're going to begin today. Um, in John 20, verse 8. But before we do, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that the grave was empty that day. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and grace. And we pray, Lord, you soften our hearts and minds and all the chaos and sugar of the morning that maybe we've had. Maybe just trying to get here today was a challenge. Lord, just let us focus on you today. Let us be at peace and know your love. Amen. So John, chapter 20, verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. That's the key to that whole thing. Why is the key to the whole thing? Well, John's gospel comes to this conclusion because it's the proclamation of Jesus' victory over death. He believed that. Each gospel writer stresses a certain aspect of it. It's from their viewpoint. Why, why do the gospels not always completely match? Well, if you've ever been in, like, in a major event, even like in a car wreck, everybody's perspective comes from their angle, right? And for John, this is what he saw and experienced. See, John began with a testimony of how he became to personal faith to the resurrection by just considering the simple evidence that the tomb was empty. Remember, he hasn't met Jesus yet, but the tomb has no body in it. But John was on a journey of his belief. Later, he would meet the risen Jesus. And he continued his transformation, by the way, from an angry guy to one that is loved. Did you know that Jesus didn't compliment John as much as you think? He called John and his brother James the sons of thunder. That's what he called them for the Gospels. That is not a compliment, folks. They had anger issues. They had anger issues. John was extremely competitive. By the way, he mentions in the reading today that he beat Peter to the tomb. He, why you would put that in there other than that you're a competitive person is beyond me. I won the race. I want everybody in the world to know this for the rest of history. He had anger and competitive issues. But through the transformation of Jesus and a journey with him over three years together from the beginning to the end, you see a guy transformed from that to one who's loved. One who's loved and he knows he's loved. He can't even mention his own name in the gospel. He's so amazed by the love of Jesus for him. That's a snapshot of transformation. And I think he likely remembered the freeing words of Jesus when you place your faith in him. He says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, John was invited to join Jesus at the start of this whole journey, like I said. He was able to experience his own before and after picture. He witnessed how Jesus transformed the lives of others. He saw how each phase of transformation occurred in them, and it began with a simple boost. See, John would see the first snapshot of transformation with one of his fellow disciples, Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel is a guy that was 
very invested in his faith, in the Jewish faith. He understood things. But the calling of Nathaniel is a case study in a heart turned on, a boost. Philip, his friend, relative, invites Nathaniel to meet Jesus. Now, Philip had very simply been told, come and see Jesus, and Philip did. Nathaniel has a different perspective. Nathaniel's not so sure about this Jesus guy. Not sure at all. He knows where he's from. He's from Nazareth. It's like nothing comes good from a Vikings fan. I'm kidding. That's a joke, but I'm a Packer fan. I was waiting for a Vikings fan to pay attention. But nothing comes good from Nazareth, in his mind. How would it be a good place to raise the Messiah? See, Jesus knows what we need to come alive. He knew Nathaniel needed a spiritual boost to start him moving. And Jesus responds to him in this way. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believed because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. So here's a great part for Nathanael and us. Jesus doesn't come to us when we have everything cleaned up. He doesn't come to us when we have everything figured out. He comes to us in our doubts and in our hiding phase of life. Maybe you're coming today with your doubts. Maybe you've been living in hiding. Maybe there's a fear of rejection in your life, a fear of rejection from others, a fear of rejection from God, a fear of rejection that you be find out for what people, for who you are. Maybe you're just scared of that. Or maybe you've done something in your life that you're ashamed of. Or maybe you've sinned in a way you thought was unforgivable and you're hiding from that. Maybe you think God is angry with you and you're hiding from that. See, God comes to us in our hiding. He knows our reality. He knows what we've done. It's not because he's angry. He wants to meet us there so we don't live there anymore. See, this is where Jesus is the answer to new life when you come to him, one of forgiveness, a new start, a new birth spiritually. Like Nathaniel and John, Jesus knows what a spiritual birth we need to come alive in again, to start moving. Has God ever given you that boost to get you going in his direction? The sermon will resume after a testimony from the collective choir. What about you, Scott? When did you first remember encountering God's love? Well, well, it was back in 1985. I went to a Carmen concert. Yes. <laughs> with uh, a lady that used to take me to church at the Tabernacle of Praise. Yeah. Carmen asked if anyone ha has ever received Christ and they would like to come forward. I came forward, not physically. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. To receive right, Jesus. Right. What was it in that moment that you uh, felt about God's invitation through Carmen? Well, I just felt the Holy Spirit right then leading me. And you you like singing to God and yes. for God. What has that been like as one of his minstrels? It's a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. It's a way for you to serve, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just a servant. Yeah. And I think just from talking to people at church that his his attitude and his songs really 
people come up to him and just be crying, you know, yeah. after they hear him sing. Yeah. The spirit is using his voice. So that, yeah. And, and people will say, I'm, I'm a good singer, but I just say, thank you. Yeah. 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 Give yeah. God the glory. And you know, I don't deserve. I don't deserve any glory. Yeah, and and I I agree how wonderful it is that God would use us mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to show His glory. I would say this, Scott. Your your ministry has been particularly powerful because I I believe people uh, people weep because they see what the world would see as mm-hmm. a handicap. Right. Um, but but what you are showing them is the glory of God, um, and and so many of them consider like, well, what what would be my response if I uh, didn't have certain things that I'm used to? Mm-hmm. And when we can think of of the victory of Jesus, um, I think that's what people see in you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, perhaps more than in other people because it's so evident in your joy mm-hmm. that God has given you. Amen. And yeah. um, and that, I think, speaks mountains, and mm-hmm. it's an honor yeah. to sing with you. And there have yeah. been things, and I, I, there have been times where I have been mocked, and mm-hmm. bye, I kept going, kept yeah. witnessing, kept sharing. Yeah. I've been laughed at, I kept sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds pretty par for the course, doesn't it? Mm. Following Jesus. You're going to be laughed at. You're going <laughs> yeah. to have to expect that. Yeah. Thanks, Scott, for sharing your story there. Scott's, Scott's cool. For the sake of clarity, the, the handicap they're referring to, he's, he's blind. But man, can he, he can belt. <laughs> we love having him in the choir with us leading our tenor section. We'll get back to the sermon here. Valley Vineyard Church, Pastor Michael Howell. So when I was growing up, and some of you know this in this church, when I was growing up, by the time I turned 21, I had been to 21 funerals. That's a statistically high number for a kid from Metford, Wisconsin. That's a drastically high number. And the 21st funeral was my best friend from college, Jason. I received a call at school, it was my first job, first month there, I received a call that Jason had died at a movie theater from a, a brain aneurysm, just with his dad talking about him, died the next. And we were driving to the funeral, which was from Casper, Wisconsin, to Green Bay, which if you understand Wisconsin, that's like from one side of the state to the other. So I had a lot of time to get angry with God. I was mad. I had my doubts if he even existed at this point. One more person, one good man, one good per- female dead. Again, what's the deal, God? I am done with you. I remember saying that out loud. I'm done. You go your way, you do your life, I'll do mine, we'll call it a day. Funny thing happens, God didn't leave me there. And my brother-in-law, Tim, invited me to this thing called Promise Keepers back in the day and asked me if I would go to there and the speaker the first night was the Metrodome of Minneapolis. We were in the far back row of it because that's what a good person does when they're hiding. They get as far back in the corner as they can so they can leave as quickly as they can. Did you know that? So if you're sitting in the back row of the day, no, I'm kidding. Um, we know what you're doing. Um, it's a joke. And the, the guy was speaking. I don't know if it was about anger of God. I thought it was about anger of God. Trust me, I've come off the stage sometimes and people say it's the best sermon on grace he's ever heard and I've talked about like for something completely different. So I don't know what I heard, but I heard something about angry. And I heard the Lord say, 
it's time to quit being angry with me. And I remember somehow getting up to the front of the stage, my brother-in-law Tim said I walked. I got up there, and I just let it go. All the, all the anger of all the people I lost, I said, God, I'm too tired. I can't do this anymore. And I gave my life to Jesus. And that's when my transformation really began. But he didn't wait for me to have it figured out. You catch that? He didn't wait for me not to be like, oh, oh I'm no longer mad. He met me in my doubts. He met me where I was. See, the boost John experienced on that first resurrection morning had to be absolutely overwhelming. And what he thought about God in life had to absolutely been turned upside down. See, Jesus witnessed, John witnessed Jesus turn people's lives upside down. He saw it in a religious educated man named Nicodemus who had come to Jesus. See, Nicodemus is an ordinary man. He's also a leading man, and he's a Pharisee of his time. Now, what a Pharisee was, was a religious leader, okay? And these religious leaders were supposed to have all the answers. By the way, your pastor doesn't. And if you're here, the guy standing on stage has, doesn't at all. It's a true fact. It's okay. But you're supposed to look apart, play a part. And Nicodemus had played that. But he realized there was something missing in his life. And this is where Jesus meets him. He sees Nicodemus as a key pu- player in his future. And over the course of a long conversation with Nicodemus, welcomes him to rethink his entire knowledge of God up to that point. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus for questions, and this is what Jesus does. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. See, Jesus is telling us that we all have a physical birth, obviously, but we can be empty spiritually without accepting Jesus' invitation to believe in him, to experience that spiritual new birth, to be experientially be born again. That's what Jesus is calling us to today. So he asks of us. He wants our life turned upside down. See, God invites you to explore Jesus through his word, to come alive in him. My question for you is simple. Has God ever spoken to you through his word in such a way that it came alive that maybe it turned your world upside down? This book turns my life upside down. And if you're comfortable with Jesus, you have the wrong Jesus. I read this and I get extremely uncomfortable sometimes in what Jesus says. You read the Gospels at all. I don't know about you, man, but I'm like, ooh, ooh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. That's the Jesus. But he turns our thinking upside down because he loves us. He cares for us. He desires us to see that. You know, I, I'm a competitive guy too. I, I relate to John probably better than anybody. I can get competitive. I can get angry. And I always like to, when I coach and stuff, I always thought, what's well, about me, it's about me, right? That's what people will do in their jobs and their careers. And I had this story that just changed my perspective. And we've shared this quite on most Easter's, so I think it's important. We're going to share it now instead of at the end. But a little boy named Petey. Petey um, was disabled. He had cerebral palsy. Uh, he struggled his whole life. And at age eight or nine, Sunday school came up. And this class of 12 were supposed to bring an Easter egg, and they were supposed to put it in what resurrection meant to them. Well, each kid opened it, and there'd be candy in one or, you know, whatever, a flower, some of like toy butterfly, things like that. It came to Petey's turn. And he opened the egg, 
and the egg was empty. And the whole class kind of snickers and laughs like you didn't get the, didn't get the assignment. And he looked kind of confused like, wasn't this the point? They said, what do you mean? He goes, Jesus, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. Peter, a year later, passed away. And on the coffin were 12 plastic eggs set by each one of those children that changed their perspective, that made their life turn upside down. See, that's what we need today, folks, is a faith that turns our life upside down, a faith that changes our life in a really profound way. Because Nicodemus was given a choice at that point, and we see his response at the tomb. Nicodemus helps bury Jesus. Yet resurrection was going to happen for Nicodemus as well. John saw people, though, also choose to respond to Jesus, to experience the reality of resurrection. John uncovers this type of responses by a, a lady named Mary of Bethany. John saw her in the Gospel with Luke sit at Jesus' feet. The Gospel, you see that story? Martha's doing something else, the other sister, but Mary's at the feet. Mary experiences the reality of Jesus rising her brother Lazarus from the dead. I don't know about you, but that would change my perspective of life and want to respond to Jesus. And there's this last encounter with Mary and her lavish response of gratefulness to Jesus. Then Mary took a, about a pint of Purnard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. See, we see in her lavish response of worship her transformation, her trust. What responses in your life are evidenced by a touch of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus invites you to respond to the Holy Spirit. He, to experience a life of law, alive, he's inviting you in. You have a choice of the invitation. You ever get an invitation to mail like for a wedding or a birthday? It's always interesting to get invitations like that. We've been on the other side of experiencing that in our house lately. And they you have three ways to respond to an invitation. The first one everybody hopes for is yes, right? The second one you hope not is no. But there's a third one that no one talks about. You just don't respond, or you say a maybe sort of I'm not sure response. Those are the ones that are most frustrating to people when they get a response. Let's be honest, because how much food do you make for the maybe sort of person? Is it like a three-quarters of a plate? Is it a full plate? What do you do? But there's three ways to respond in an invitation. When Jesus invites you, he's, you might be in that, yes, I've already accepted stage, or yes, I need to today, which I hope you do if you haven't. Or maybe you're in that no stage, and that's fine. We've got space for that here. We'll walk you through that journey. You could be no here for a while, a long while. We've got comfortable with that. But maybe, just maybe you've been in that halfway, maybe sort of way to do it. And I think what God wants you to do is say, you know what, my son's offered the deal. Just take it. Just jump into the water. Maybe we literally have water to jump into the day. Just jump in and accept his offer. It's the invitation that matters. Because God has placed in your heart a desire to know the transforming power that raised Jesus, healing and conforming you to Christ. See, Jesus rose so you could experience resurrection, transformation. Jesus offers the promise of new life and a fresh perspective. We're going to bring some people up here right now, and we're going to talk about what it means to be tr transformed. 
See, the whole reality of transformation looks like this. The whole reality means that there's a before and after picture. Before and after. They're, they're debating if they should come up right now. We're, we're not as organized as we like to look at this church. This is why we're not perfect, and this is why I love about our church. Um, but the reality of this picture that I want you to see today is people's before pictures and after pictures. Because we all have a story. We all have a journey. And they're going to hold it up. Hopefully they'll count to five. And they're going to flip it and count to five again so you can read both. Take some time. And I want you to really, really pay attention to what words speak to your life. What words in your life need to be transformed yet by the power of resurrection. We'll invite the nurse one up. Yes, you stand there and hold it. Count for five seconds. Yes, please. I guess we were supposed to. You want to give them a hand for doing that? That's not easy, folks. You know, what I want you to understand from that is we're still all on a journey. Doesn't mean it's completely gone the day, like my anxiety. You all heard me talk about being a professional warrior, and I've gotten better because that transformation just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. And each one of those signs as they turn, each one of those realities Lead me to this question for you. Are you in need of a fresh start today? Need his light to shine in your dark areas? To shine in your aloneness and in your fear? What are your snapshots of transformation look like for you today? See, John tells us at the end of his gospel, and all he says, there's so many things that he could share that it just filled it, filled it up. It filled up the world. Miracles of transformation that would fill more volumes than the world can hold. What is God doing in your life right now that you could write a book about? Maybe it's time to start your write your book with Jesus. Take a step towards allowing Jesus to transform your life for the first time, maybe in a new way, or maybe to take a risk today. And by the way, once you do that, don't hold it in. Share it with somebody. We're going to have people up front to share it with for prayer at the end of service here, actually after probably baptisms. And then we're going to have an op, or during worship, actually. And then we'll have a opportunity to respond online. Take some time to respond. Share it with your neighbor, your friend, your spouse, your child, us. Take a chance of what God is specifically asking you today to do.
If it said yes, maybe it's to take a risk. If it's a maybe, maybe it's to jump in the pool. And if it's a no, see where you need to start with your journey of searching. Wherever we're at today, allow the God of the universe to touch you. And may you experience a new picture for your life, a transformed snapshot. Let us pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, we just say, come now. We just pray here for people who are in need of resurrection. I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We haven't done this in a while here. I'm going to invite you amongst, if you're in the maybe category right now, to respond. If you haven't had this opportunity right now, I'm going to give you a simple prayer. Simple prayer just to start with. Say, Jesus, I need new life. I need a new start. I'm the one that screwed up. I sin. I've hurt others. I've hurt myself. I've hurt you, God. And I know by the power of the cross, and I know by the empty tomb and resurrection, that I can receive new life in you. And I confess this with all my heart. I believe it, and I just surrender my life to you now. Keep your eyes closed. And if you're online, same thing. I invite you to raise your hand. It's the first time you've said a prayer like that. And if it's your second or third time, we're so glad you did it. I'm so glad for those of you. Do we have resources for you? If it's the first time, please reach out to somebody. Please reach out to somebody and experience that reality. And just so we, got, we can really help you and pray with you and help you on your first of a journey. So glad you said yes today. And maybe you're just in need of a fresh start in life in general. Maybe you're just in need of restoration. Or maybe you're here today and you are in hiding and fear the dark places of your life. Maybe that's something you've done. Wherever you're at today, allow Jesus to meet you. I think there's so many before and after pictures of those flip signs that we have, an opportunity to experience that reality, an opportunity to know that. If that is you today, just come forward and get prayer. We're going to pray this whole worship time, and we're going to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, but get some time to meet someone and get some prayer. Know that you are loved by God. Here's the beauty of the cross and resurrection. This is a simple message. Jesus has loved you, he does love you, and he will love you. Be blessed by that today. May you experience that reality, may you know it, and may you be loved. And all God's people said, Amen. He has risen. Happy Easter, everybody. Thank you, Valley Vineyard Church, Pastor Michael Howell. Check them out at 910 Bridgewater Avenue in Chippewa Falls or at cfvalleyvineyard.org. Check out the Collective Choir online at collectivechoir.org. Our practices Monday nights are going to be moving outside for the summer in good weather. Uh, 6 o'clock Monday nights, still Phoenix Park. Weather permitting, Valley Brook Church otherwise. Remix competition is on, so go to the website, check that out. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, a great summer. May love, joy, and peace be yours.
Thanks for listening to the House of God podcast presented by the Collective Choir on Eau Claire Hometown Media. To find out more about the Collective Choir or the church you heard about in this podcast, please follow us on Facebook or visit www.collectivechoir.org.